going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts of the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, we're Tad the Side. And Tad, apologize to all the listeners, the viewers, all of our, you know, fans out there. But, you know, we've been doing a little bit of a Gabe Davis impersonation here. You know, we were here oh, one week, we were oh, gone the next, we came back no. another week, and it's just, you know. no. We start off our return with the cheap shot. Come on. Is it a cheap shot, though? Is it? No, that's fair. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he cost me on my fantasy season last season. Also, you said apologize, not apologies. So, no, I refuse to apologize because this last week was on you. The week before that was on me. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like we're we, both We traded Blake. We traded Blake. Yeah, exactly. We're that's, blade see, that's here, a true just... partnership right there. It's exactly. a really beautiful exactly. – see, listeners, viewers, it's a really beautiful thing when you think about it. But, no, guys, we are very sorry about it. But as we always say, as long as you follow us – oh, my God, I nailed it for the second time in a row with yeah, recordings. Yeah, right at the top of the episode, too. Like, as, if like, you follow yeah, us on up. the socials below, we kept up to date with uh, you know our graphics and everything. I can tell you from experience because Amur was texting me nonstop. Make sure you post it. Make sure you do it. I was just like, I got it. So I mermaid them. I posted them. And so we ha- got the advice to you no matter what, because, you know, it, whether it's, I don't know what I was sick with. It might have been COVID. Not entirely sure, but it doesn't matter because I'm feeling great now for the first time in weeks. I don't care if Amur is halfway across the world rather than halfway across the country. We will help you win your fantasy leagues, especially because it's playoff time, baby. That is absolutely true. This is the final week of the regular season for most fantasy leagues, depending on the league that you play in. So, yeah, this is a very critical week to sort of clinch that final playoff spot if you're on the sort of like fringe there. If you're in the playoffs right at the bottom there, you want to make sure you can hold on to that spot. And, hey, if you're towards the top, like if you got a secure spot, you want to make sure that you could stay at the very top to make sure, you know, depending on the league that you're in, you may get a first round bye. So you sort of can like rest up some guys for you, you know, sort of figure out a strategy going forward, whatever it is. But just like, yeah, this is a very critical week. It could either get a lot of people into the playoffs. It could get people out of the playoffs. It can also, Tad, depending on like your league too. Like, I mean, I've seen some of the standings. It's like, this could possibly decide as far as who's going to finish dead last. This is a big one. We've talked about it before. It's like, we want to help you avoid those fantasy punishments as well. So yeah, this could be a very critical week to sort of set up a very potential, like how the season will play out for the very last spot to possibly get a punishment as well. So yes, just like Tad said, even though we weren't actually recording episodes for you, we were definitely giving you all the advice that we could. We got some interaction from some people on social media. Tad was very good at responding to those. I mean, we always got you covered on social media. We obviously dropped the graphics for both, you know, starts and sits as well as waivers so i mean guys in case we can't drop an episode either through youtube or a podcast episode we always got you covered with especially as the holidays are approaching there's, there's gonna be a lot of off 100%. days but you know what off days means social media so Definitely. i mean i like you said like i literally have push alerts set up on my phone so the second you reply to me i see it. i told my students the same thing they have a essay due in about a week if they email me i push it oh yeah it's gonna be interesting <laughs> <laughs> they send me an email saying like, Hey, I need help over the weekend. I got set up on my phone. So Hey, what's the only thing more important than America's future youth success, fantasy football. So you will 100%. get not only my advice, but Mer's advice as well. So guys, let's, we're happy to be back. Let's do this. Yeah. Thing. 100%. Let's get into it here because, uh, like well, I said, Tad, this is a very critical you, you week. Talk, you talk. Yeah, I gotta you got to stretch it out. You got to stretch it out. It's been a bit. It's 
spit a bit of time. Spit a bit of time. I'm not, I'm not planning out. on a rant, but you got to just pre-prepare just in case. You never can plan for one. I feel like it's very spur of the moment. I mean, like like you said, I'm two games out of last place. This is a very stressful time for me. <laughs> exactly. But, Dad, before we get into our Week 14 starts and sit picks here for this week, we definitely have to give a shout-out because we definitely like going on top of the graphics like we did. We did our waiver wire picks. We did our start-sit picks. We've also been dropping picks for our underdog picks because they remain a wonderful sponsor with us, and we definitely need to give them a shout-out here at the top of the episode. I mean, just, Tad, they're a wonderful and easy way to sort of get into some fantasy action, some betting action as well. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do. You could do the thing that me and Tad usually do. It's called a pick-em, where you pick anywhere between two to five different prop bets for all different sports, not just the NFL. They got you covered with the NBA, um, NHL. They got college football as well. College basketball is going on right now. That just started really uh, really soon so i mean just there any sport that you want to bet on just got to pick anywhere between two to five uh, prop picks depending on how many picks you make you get that much more of a multiplier on top of your bet um and it's just really easy to do like i mean you go through the app you can go through the website it's just a lot of fun to get into the action and just a really easy way to just have some fun as you're watching the games going on and tad you already put it up there but we got a great promo code to get you into the action courtesy of our good friends at underdog fantasy use our promo code Desai. you see it right there d-e-s-a-i and you could double up on your initial deposit of ten dollars or more up to five hundred dollars i mean tad if you deposited five hundred dollars they will match dollar for dollar $500 so you can bet with up to $1,000 on their betting platform just by using our promo code. It's just a fantastic offer to take advantage of right here during the holiday season to make some, you know, spending money as you get ready for Christmas shopping, Hanukkah shopping, whatever sort of holiday shopping that you're doing. Get some free money from Underdog Fantasy because, yeah, it's just a great promo code to use. That promo code, once again, is Desai, D-E-S-A-I, and you'll double up on that initial de- uh, deposit of $10 or more up to $500. I mean, it's just a great way to get into the action. I mean, Ted, we've both been using the platform. It's just been really easy to get into, and honestly, it's been a lot of fun. Not just you and me have been getting really into it. I swear to God, this is a 100% true story. I've been dying to say this. Uh, tell the story on the oh, podcast. Please do it. Please this do is a it. Great I think I know story. where you're going. I, I, sw- I swear to God, this is 100% true. So my friend Matt, uh, who we've mentioned several times on this podcast, true. started using Underdog. He made the mistake of not using our promo code, but he started using it. Unfortunately for him. Because it turns out the promo code he did use, it's not as good as ours. We have the best oh, one. And I'm not just yeah, – exactly. guys, I swear to God, I'm not just saying that. I, I I actually asked him. It's not as good. So first off, our promo code is the best. But yeah. so – By name it, alone, it's the best. Exactly. And then so then on top of that, uh, there are several stories I need to tell. It's been quite a while since we've been on. Yeah. Um so as he's like, you know, lighting up the fantasy football group me with, have you guys heard this underdog thing? And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I was like, come on. Yeah, like, tell me that, you listen with, tell me you don't listen to this podcast. That tell me you don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. But then it was funny because he was just like, I swear to God, he actually said this. He was like, it's so much more simple than other sites. And again, we will not name the other sites <laughs> that start with a B and tend to end with an A. Uh, and he's just like, it's so much more simple. You avoid it. They pay you back so much quicker. Like he's just raving about these sites. Even just this morning, he sent me his picks. But Amir, you want to hear the best story? Yeah. So sure. I, I go out to a bar with Matt and a couple other friends during the SEC championship. And Matt decided to place a parlay with underdog with the SEC championship. 
One of them is that Jalen Milrow, Milrow, I almost said Milrose, uh, Milrow had to have, I, I want to say like over 38 and a half rushing yards. He didn't mm-hmm. even get close. So every time Milrow got sacked, we were just sitting there at the bar, like losing our minds, like this sucks. Well, it turns out that it was a four, uh, four bet parlay. That was the only one he lost. But despite losing that Milrow bet, Matt still made money. Exactly. And I think I know what you're talking about there, Tad. Your underdog fantasy platform, they have a very special thing where you can bet with insurance. So if you miss one of the picks, you could still make a good portion of money in return as long as you get four out of those five picks. So, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened, right? Exactly. So, look, that is the awesome thing about underdog is what betting company looks after its customers. I've literally never heard that in my life, but underdog absolutely does that. So be sure to support them just like they very clearly support you because you miss out one bet. They're not going to take all your money like most companies would. So guys, they support us. We're not just mouthpieces for them. We're not just saying this because, you know, they're supporting us. We're saying this because they are actually one of the cooler companies we've ever partnered with. So please support them just like you do us. And go for that. And also check out the YouTube short channel uh, on the LAFB Network YouTube channel for our best underdog picks of the week. 100%. 100%. And yeah, I remember, Ted, you sent me screenshots of the text conversation that you were having with your friends. And I remember the exact response I told you. I was like, yeah, your friends are adults and you can quote me on that. So I'm saying it live now, no, too. It's just no, like, no, come that's on. Fair. No, it's fair. We say it at the top of every episode. Even if they don't listen to the entire episode, they could have gotten just that piece about underdogs so and found bit. out exactly. And like I said, how he awesome said, he said our promo. And I swear to God, that's true. He said our promo was the better promo. He should have used ours. And I kept telling him, like, there use our know. promo. He said it was too late. You can only yep. use one promo code. It is on your initial deposit. Per sign deposit up. Yep. Only. Exactly. All right, Ted. So, yeah, we love Underdog Fantasy, but let's definitely move on to our start and six picks. Oh, start, start and let's sit do it. picks here in week 14. Um, like, I, like we talked about earlier, it's a very critical week. It's a very make it or break it type of week for a lot of teams as far as making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. So these picks are really crucial as far as making some differences. And we also have, you know, two teams still on a bye week this week. So this is the very final bye week. So that can obviously affect your rosters as well. But Tad, do you have a start or sit for me at the quarterback position here in week 14? Well, before I get into that, I just got to say, like, this is so refreshing. I feel like the Dave Chappelle meme where, like, you know, one of my coworkers asked me for fantasy advice a couple of days ago. I'm like, oh, my God, I get to talk fantasy again. Like, this is great. So <laughs> It's been some time. It's been oh, some it's time, been great. Yeah. So, all right. So let's get into it. And you know what? I'm going to get into it with Risky Pick because I love it. Ooh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. You start Justin Fields. Oh, you don't like that pick. Not I don't like it, but I don't know if I like it as so much as a risky pick. I actually like this. Really? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. All right. Well, so, so far he's only starting in about, you know, 59, 58% of leagues, depending on which, uh, uh, you know, medium you're using. But here's why I came up with this pick, because I agree with you. Normally I, yes, that's an obvious start. He's a rushing quarterback that has high potential for, you know, picks, but coming off that game, he just had where he only scored. 9.9 9.9 points when I feel like a fair. lot of That's people fair. started him expecting the type of game that I think he's going to have this weekend. I think there's that kind of that, that pendulum swing to the other side where you go, mm, no, I trust you last week. I'm not trusting you this week. And then you just ditch him. And I'm telling you, don't do that because you look at what he did against Detroit last time they played, he put up 20 points. 
doesn't amazing, but that's a very, if my quarterback puts up 20 points, let me tell you, I have Patrick Mahomes on my main team right now. Ooh, if he yeah. puts up 20 points right now, I would be very, very happy with that. So yeah. if he can repeat that performance, I'd be very, very happy. And it's actually funny because I was doing, as I do, uh, some more like, you know, kind of stretched out stat research while I, after I made this pick. He found his rushing game again. I know what people are going to say, like, he never lost it. Uh, yeah, he did. Like, it's a long season, and people forget at the beginning of the season, he only went for over 50 yards uh, once or twice through the first four weeks before he got hurt. And people were saying, well, is he trying to be a true passer? Are they trying to preserve him? What's going on there? So, since the Broncos game, where he rushed for over – not over – for since he rushed for 25 yards in week four, he's gone over – 50 yards in the last four of the five games he's played. So I, I'm not saying 50 yards in touchdown. He's gone over 50 yards. And it may not sound like a lot, but that's five extra points yep. tacked on. So with most quarterbacks, when you gamble on them, you're gambling. Hopefully they have a good passing day. With Justin Fields, if he has a crap passing day, you still get those five points you may not get in the pass. And I think his game against the uh, Lions is a perfect example of that because if you look at his passing stats against the Lions, they were not impressive. I don't. I did he pass for a touchdown? I don't even think he passed for a touchdown in that game. But what, yeah. what beefed up his points there was he had 104 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. 10.4 points added right there. And I think I, will he report uh, repeat that? This is what happens when we take a week and a half off. <laughs> You're doing so good up until then. I know. I know. Will he repeat that performance? There we there go. go. Probably not, but I think he could get up in the you know 70s, 80s, maybe even the 90s number in terms of rushing yards, and that's a lot of extra points, especially if you're depending on him as an insurance bet. So I think that I, I really like him uh, not going crazy against the Lions, but a very like my top streamer this week, especially because how about this stat? The Lions have allowed the last four of the five quarterbacks they've played to score 20 points or more. That Lions defense, I shouldn't say defense because their pass rush and their run support has actually been pretty good. That secondary has fallen apart. No, 100%. I think that defense is a little bit more susceptible than a lot of people think. People are sort of remembering how good they were the first half of the season. They're like, no, the Bears should have, you know, a struggle against this defense. But exactly like you laid out, I think that secondary is dealing with a lot more issues than people are sort of, you know, thinking about. So I think, yeah, the pass rush may be okay and the run stopping may be okay. But yeah, them letting up some passing yards and potentially some passing touchdowns could be some, you know, a little bit of a fault there. And this could be a very sneaky play for Justin Fields against Detroit for sure. So I didn't think this was as risky of a play. So I actually like this play. But yeah, I can understand why people may be a little bit more cautionary with this matchup against the Lions when they're trying to hold on to a spot as far as the NFC North, you know, stranglehold getting that uh, division crown. So, yeah, but I like this play. So, all right, Tad, I'm going to go with the sit at this position here. And we're in the holiday season. People are looking for deals. So I'm going to give you a two. Santa Claus? I don't know about maybe Indian Santa Claus. We'll see about that. But I'm trying to give people here a two-for-one special as far as two quarterback sits here because the initial quarterback that I had potentially made a play this weekend. So I have a backup for you as well who is not a good sit. But now I'm going to encompass it by saying do not start an NFC West quarterback not named Brock Purdy. Like, I mean, I'm See, just gonna leave okay, it right it's, there. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because Brock Purdy was almost my pick, but I felt like that was too boring of a pick. 
it is a little bit of a boring of a pick, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like every other NFC West quarterback this weekend, you do not want to start. Don't you dare start Matt Stafford. Don't you do that. Yeah, exactly. So he's my other pick. But the uh, initial pick that I had is Geno Smith against San Francisco. I mean, just you're looking at what happened to them two weeks ago when they played on Thanksgiving. And I mean, they threw for under 200 passing yards. He had no passing touchdowns. He also threw an interception in that game. And Tad, he took six sacks in that game. Like the Niners were just ferocious as far as getting after him. Um, Niners are also coming off a very impressive win against Philadelphia where they held them to under 20 points in NFC Championship rematch. I was at that game. I was very, very ecstatic about that win. Um but just you look at Geno Smith, he's dealing with the injury. Obviously, he suffered that um, last week when he was playing um, against the Dallas Cowboys. It was a very back-and-forth game. He was able to put up a lot of points against Dallas. But I think coming into this game against San Francisco, I think it's just going to be a very much a repeat of what we saw two weeks ago when these two teams already faced each other. But like I said, you have to be careful as far as whether he's going to be able to suit up or whether he won't be able to suit up. He is questionable heading into the weekend. I think it's going to be a game-time decision. Um even if Drew Locke starts, that's even a worse start. Like, do not start Drew Locke as like a, no, you know, oh, maybe no. he'll have a sneaky gun. Like, you no, know, no, Niners are prepared no, for him. No, no, no. Do not no, do no. it. I am a Mizzou fan. I am from Missouri. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. 100% do not do that. But just, yeah, I do not like the Seattle's passing game against the Niners defense this week. Niners are also playing at home, so I think they got the advantage of a little bit of home cooking as well. Um, as I mentioned, you know, my second pick was Matthew Stafford. Tad, you brought this up as well. But they're playing a very, and I mean very stingy Baltimore defense. They have allowed the fewest passing touchdowns in the league so far through 13 weeks of action. And they have allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Like they are absolutely controlling all opposing quarterbacks that they have faced so far. Stafford, I mean, very similar to Gina Smith where Stafford has had Back-to-back weeks where he scored over 20 fantasy points. He's thrown seven touchdowns to only one interception in these two games. And, I mean, he's just looked like the classic Matt Stafford that was freshly signed by the Los Angeles Rams when they won their Super Bowl. But here's a crazy thing, Tad. So through the last two games Matthew Stafford has had, he has thrown seven touchdowns. Through the other nine games that he has played in this season, because he did miss one game due to an injury, he's thrown nine total touchdowns. Nine games. Nine touchdowns. That's not great as far as something that I want from a For, fantasy I mean, starting how old quarterback. Is he? he has to be getting near 40, right? I think he's 38, if I remember correctly. I'm on like, it. he's close to 40. He's close I mean, to for 40. 30, for 38 and pre-injury prone, it's not bad. But for fantasy-wise, that's pretty bad. Yeah, absolutely. You do not want that as far as a fantasy quarterback this week, especially like we talked about in a very critical week. There are better options out there. And like I mentioned, Edison was quarterback. So Kyler Burry, you don't want to start him. Because he's on a bye oh, week. Geez. So you definitely don't want to start him this week. The other team that's on a bye week that I just want to make sure everybody is aware about. But the Washington Commanders are also on a bye week. So, yeah, like I said, any NFC West quarterback not named Brock Purdy, do not start them this week. Because they are not going to do you any favors this week. You just know there's some poor soul out there that's like, should I replace Sam Howell with Justin Fields? It's like, God bless you. <laughs> you, you poor man. But all right, you ready to hear something shocking? Let's hear it. Uh, I almost said Sam Bradford. Matt Stafford is <laughs> Matt Stafford is only 35 years old. He'll be 36 in February. Wow. wow. I feel like I okay. He is by math 
35, that body has got to be at least like oh, 100%. 40, Add another five years to that body yeah, with exactly. all the paintings that he took in Detroit. So, yeah, 100%. He's playing like he's 40, but yeah, maybe he's 35. He's the goddamn, <laughs> what was that old show, The Million Dollar Man? Like, that's his six elbow. Six million dollar this, man. Yeah, the six million dollar man, that's his elbow at this point. Like, that's. No, just... this is what the Family Guy parody of it. He's like, I want to rebuild him, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. And that's exactly <laughs> what Matthew Stafford is right now. So yeah, that's what yeah. it is, but yeah, NFC West or uh, NFC West quarterbacks, excuse me, you do not want to start this week. They are not going to help you out at all this week. So, Tad, let's get to the running back position here. Do you have a start or do you have a sit for me? This is shocking, actually, because I knew he was on a bit of a cold streak. I didn't realize how bad the cold streak was. Okay, all right. Because man, you want? I was kicking myself because I almost try to do an early trade for this guy, but I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do it because I didn't believe in him. And like long-term, this is something I need to learn because I traded away a great roster this year. I, my, my addiction got the best of me where I had Etienne. I'm forgetting the other running back. Oh, McCaffrey. (laughs) Christian Uh, McCaffrey. Shut up. So anyway, Christian McCaffrey. I had two top, what? Six, two top seven fantasy running backs to start my season. And I traded them away because I panicked. Um, this is not the panic button. This is, uh, he's a wash button. It's so bad. Even caps run away from him. DeAndre. Did I point to the wrong side? It's the mirroring with the (laughs) recording. Um, DeAndre Swift is done. He's done. I'm not saying he's not going to have another good week, but in terms of like his dependability moving forward for the rest of the season, he is a borderline. He went from a running back one to a borderline flex option. And now people are saying being too knee jerk. Hold on. Let me, let me read some stats to you. He's only, he's only gone over 10 points twice. That's the perfect opportunity to drop a leak or so. Hold on, my friend. No, not so fast, my friend. Not so fast, my friend. Not so fast, my friend. Come on. Damn it. Come on. Damn it. This is why you need to take a look at my notes before we record. Sorry. Sorry. Damn it. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> He's only gone over 10 points twice in the last six games. Most running backs would at the very least be benched or, in my case, would be cut. If I only have a running back that scored 10 points or more twice over the last nearly half the season, I just get rid of him. It's one of those tougher cuts where you're like, ah, eh, maybe, maybe. But honestly, like, no, I, I go for the like new guy. That's kind of blowing up the uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell type guy. Yeah. I rather like I would have dropped DeAndre Swift for him at that point. What was that three weeks ago now? Like I would have done that because dude, again, it's not like, oh, he's like kind of gotten over 10 points. And he's kind of stuck at 11 or 12. That's where I'm at with Chuba Hubbard and Chuba Hubbard's still on my roster. He's he hasn't gotten over 10 points in four games. Yeah. Yeah. He's really. Oh, no, it gets worse though. Because it's not just his fantasy points that are bad. His carry numbers are going down, which is super concerning to me. Before the Week 10 bye week for the Eagles, he only had three games with under 15 carries. Do you want to guess how many games he's had over 15 carries since they come back from that Week 10 bye week? Probably say zero. Nada. Yeah. Nothing. That is hugely concerning. And the even more concerning part, it's not like one of those graphs that's like up and down. Like, oh, he was at 11. But then he was 13 and he was close. And then he was at nine. No, it is. He started at 14. So granted, I'm kind of cherry picking a bit there. Like he almost got to 15. So he started at 14 the first week back from the bye. 
Titanic since then. Been going down. He didn't. I believe if I if I'm remembering correctly, I don't even think he got to ten against the, the uh, in the last game. Sorry, I kind of stumbled over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm the last two weekends have like blended together where I'm That's like, did they play the Bills last? Did they play the Niners last? Like I'm just like it's blending together. But his last game, he didn't even get to ten. So I think that uh, Sirianni is losing faith in him as well. And that's why you're seeing that Jalen Hurts is starting to carry. And Jaylen, that's why Jalen Hurts hurt his knee because they're asking yeah. him to do more. And it's it's I think this DeAndre Swift's uh, situation is going to lead to more troubles. I I'm not saying drop him, but I do not think you start DeAndre Swift un, under any circumstances until we see both his productivity and especially those carry numbers start going up because he's not a receiving threat. They're not using him in the receiving game. So if they're taking carries away from him, his fantasy relevance goes to nil. No, and I think the big thing that's sort of been happening the last couple of weeks for the Eagles, and this happened when I was at the game for the Niners-Eagles game, is just that they're abandoning the run very quickly. And they I think are. that's why you're seeing those rush numbers drop significantly since the bye week. It's just that I don't know why they sort of made the shift as far as just going fully into a pass mode very early in the game. And I think that's why like, they're struggling. Know, I think that's why they're – because, like, you're too good of an offense to become one-dimensional. So and this is the reason why the Eagles got to the Super Bowl last year. And this is the reason why the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017 is because they had a strong running game and they played good defense and then they supplemented it with a sort of passing attack. Whereas now it's just like they seem to be shifting all of that where it's like the defense is not playing as good. They're not running the ball then to balance the offense and then they're forcing Jalen Hurts to be a passer, which he can be, but he's more, you know. He's more of a threat to be a dual threat guy. Exactly. And so it's like you can only rely on that rushing game then if you're establishing the run game with your running backs as well. And so unfortunately, just that's not happening. And so exactly like you said, that's affecting DeAndre Swift then because they're just not running the ball enough. So we'll see whether they can make some adjustments because I think that game against the Niners losing the way that they did. I'm hoping that's eye-opening for them and they can make some adjustments right before the playoffs and maybe they establish the running game again. But just if they don't, that could be very troublesome for the Eagles going forward. Okay, this is going to lengthen the episode, but I don't even care. Okay. Watching watching that game on TV, just via red zone, I have one specific play. I hope I get I'm, – I'm pretty sure I get I, I, I have the receiver right. I'm assuming you're talking about the Niners-Eagles game. Yes. Okay. That okay. you were at. Yes. Great. Yeah. That was hilarious because like, just like it was one of those games where you could just like progressively feel through the TV, how angry the Philadelphia fans were getting. And I will tell you the moment where I was like, I hope a murder is left by now. Cause like they may kill him is, was it the one? They're all right. Surprisingly, they're all right. Wow. Cause they were brutal at the Super Bowl. They we were, were also, really great we were also the on Bowl. the visitor side. So okay. I mean, that probably helped a little bit too. Um, but yeah, also, unfortunately, a lot of Eagles fans started to leave because that's it was fair. So bad. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what was too. what was the play? I think it was Juan Jennings, where it was the fourth quarter, and it was like a it wasn't quite a bubble screen, but it was a screen pass that was clearly meant just to be a pass to like waste the clock, and he broke it off for like a twenty yard touchdown. Oh yeah, he had the stiff arm where he shot the Jennings and he just ran for yeah. That was Juwan yeah. Jennings. That was yeah. Juwan Jennings. That was the moment where I was like, I really hope he's gonna be okay because like yeah. they may actually start throwing beer balls at you. <laughs> 
no, surprisingly, there was no hostility. Everybody was very nice, surprisingly, where we were. So, yeah, we didn't have to deal with any hostility. At least I didn't have to deal with hostility because um, I was wearing my classic Niners gold jacket. Like, I was fully was decked out. Jacket. I was like, I am not going to, you know, not support my team on the road here. So, um, but, yeah, luckily there was no craziness that happened as far as you know hostility against me so thankfully that was but yeah it was it, it, it just unfortunate that just you know they're shifting their style of offense to lead well, to just you know not no carries for Johnny Swift then well the funny thing, anybody that running back because Kenneth Gadewell doesn't have the uh, you know respectability oh, either anybody else so just, like, yeah it's all yeah. God. well and the funny thing too is like on a, normally when a good team because they are a good team we're not saying they're bad of course they are um, of course they are uh, when a good team gets blown out like that, I'm usually all in on the next week because I'm just like, let's do this, baby. But unfortunately, their next opponent is the Dallas Cowboys in primetime. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're going to get killed. I'm not saying they're going to for sure lose. But especially going all the way back to DeAndre Swift, the Cowboys have been fantasy running back killers all season. So, okay, even if he wants a good bounce back game, like this is my chance. I don't see it happening, especially against this Cowboys defense that, again, they're just like they are, they're like heat-seeking missiles when it comes to the run game. Their pass defense, that's where you get them. That's where the Cowboys sometimes trip up. But, I mean, these these teams are – it's a, it's a Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. They're the same thing. Very good defenses, kind of weak secondaries. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see what sort of game we're going to get on Sunday night. I'm excited for it. It's very, we're talking about critical week in fantasy playoffs. This is a very critical week for both the Cowboys and the Eagles because whoever wins that game can, I think, cement themselves as NFC East champions Mm -hmm. and potentially, you know, this will give them a good head start. Head, um, I would say head start. I'd probably say leg up. That's the word I was looking for. Leg up. I was trying um, to as far as getting the number one seed potentially in the NFC playoffs as well. So, yeah. yeah, this is a very big game for that for sure. Um, all right. So, talked a lot about the running back sit here. I'm going to go with the running back start here. And, Dad, this is from your team. I'm going to go with Zach Moss against the Cincinnati Bengals. And so, you look at what happened with Jonathan Taylor. He came back. He was looking yeah. pretty strong. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, he's dealing with a thumb injury. He's going to re- He required surgery. I don't know if he had the surgery already. Did he have the surgery already? Last I checked. He is still considering it because uh, he's still considering from, it. Okay. from what I from what I've read is if he gets the surgery he's done for the year Got and it. so he's kind of de- like debating because and that was the funny thing about where this season is insane man because like if the Colts are where they should be right now he would have gotten the surgery because we would have been out right. of the playoff race right. but because right. we're kind of in the playoff race if True. we make the playoffs if he gets the surgery he could possibly be back for our, you know uh, uh, like you know made up imaginary playoff game so it's like that's the debate he's having jt i'm telling you buddy, just get that surgery we <laughs> yeah, are we'll not winning the, the super bowl this year just get that surgery i we'll appreciate get to the afc south as far as like that whole oh, standing man. because i have more notes it's on that but just God. yeah so the colts are obviously dealing with john the taylor being out for at least a couple weeks so zach boss has stepped in and hopefully you didn't drop him because you saw john the taylor coming back because zach boss was being used with john the taylor or if you're lucky enough, you were able to scoop him up because somebody else dropped him. Because yeah, he is definitely going to be saving you the next couple of weeks because he's been very, he's been very good in that oh, offense. And he Jonathan has, Taylor, and once he came back too, like I mean, there was a very good dual back system. This was funny because I, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are now, but I was on Instagram during my lunch break uh, about three weeks ago, scrolling through, and the ESPN, you know, weather graphics landed on my feed, and it was like the top ten rushers. Uh, this is back when like all that McCaffrey MVP talk was getting hyped up Mm -hmm. and they obviously first was McCaffrey. Second was someone obvious. And then third was Zach Moss. And even me as a Colts fan, I was like, wait, what? 
Yeah. Like, are you serious right now? And I, and I was talking to my dad during the Michigan-Ohio State game when Blake Corum was killing out. I don't know if you were watching that game, but Blake Corum, the Michigan running back, I because Zach Moss, we're going to lose him. He's a free agent after this season. We are going to lose that man. Somebody is going to pay him money. I don't think it's going to be us because the Colts don't pay anyone in free agency. No. So, no, of course not. Um, so I, I I think that, you know, like Zach Moss has – it was funny because I, I exactly remember when that trade was made last season. And you kind of asked me on the podcast about that. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. Who cares? He sucked at Buffalo. And, no, that man has killed it. Honestly, he's not going to get it. He should get a couple votes for a comeback player of the year. Could be because this is very much a situation like we talked about with Geno Smith last year, where it's just like maybe you just need a you know new change, change of scenery, you know whatever it was, and so it's like he was drafted third round in Buffalo, just didn't work out there, and so now he comes to Indianapolis with that trade, and he just found you know new footing, it just looks a lot better, it looks effective, very much like that guy out of Utah that we expected to be drafted out of the third round. He's very much play like that, so. They take on the Cincinnati Bengals this week. They're allowing the sixth most rushing yards in the NFL, and they're currently tied for sixth in allowing the most rushing touchdowns as well. Moss hasn't had the best couple of the last weeks uh, because of the Jonathan Taylor addition. I think he had one week where he was good, even with Jonathan Taylor being there. But like I said, this matchup with Cincinnati, I think, should get them back on track. And like I said, in a very critical fantasy playoff week, potentially, I think he possibly help a lot of people clinch a playoff spot punch a few tickets this season because he's got a very good matchup this week against the Bengals. well and speaking of a very good matchup i will say this as well is he's not a touchdown dependent running back either because the Bengals have allowed well he gets a lot of yards and the Bengals have allowed the fifth most amount of yards to opposing running backs so far this season so you have a guy exactly like what you said absolutely correct where he, yo, know, yes, he gets a lot of yards against a defense that gives up a lot of yards. So okay. I think that this is actually the reason I went like, eh, it's just it, they're still the Bengals. They scare me. Even with Jake Browning <laughs> back there, they still scare me. You I look good last week. I, I, I again, the, the social studies teacher right next to me, he asked me, he's like, How, what, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? I don't know. I'm, I'm done predicting Colts games. They're, they're unpredictable. <laughs> this is what happens when Gardner Minshew is your quarterback. We could Girl. get killed, we could kill them. It could be a close game. I don't know, and trust me, I'm, I'm not being a hypocrite here because, well, I kind of am, because I, I, well, I'm being forced into it. I have to start Joe Mixon. I'm just praying to God, just give him 30 touches like you did last week, and hopefully my fantasy team should be okay. But I am very, very nervous about tr- uh, uh, starting Joe Mixon. I almost was trading, because the American can attest to this, I almost traded him earlier this week just to get that anxiety off my conscience. But <laughs> I, I decide against it, it's just I don't know. It's, yeah. it, no, I think I think that's a slightly riskier play, but like of all the risky plays you could do, that's the safest one you can you can make. For sure, for sure. All right, Ted, let's get to the wide receiver position here. I'm going to kick this one off because I have a start at the position here, so yep. I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton of the Denver Ooh. Broncos. Like you never thought I'd bring up a Denver Bronco player as far as a start and a set, especially at the start side. Like maybe maybe at the sit side for sure. We brought him up, but brought a few Denver players on the sit side, but at the start side, I mean. Say what you want about the Broncos tab, but I mean, they seem to have figured out something like Sean Payton sort of has figured it all out with Russell Wilson. The first half Broncos team is not comparing to what we've seen over the last five to six weeks with this Broncos team. They've definitely figured out something and they're looking a lot better, especially heading into next season. They're in playoff contention right now. Very similar to your cold. My three favorite words in the hunt. 
Exactly. So very much in contention with a lot of teams in the AFC right there. But here's the crazy thing, Ted. I don't know if you realize this, but Cortland Sutton has scored a touchdown in six of the last seven games. Like he has I'm, found I'm aware. I tried scored. to trade for him like three times the last month. There you go. Like, I mean, I don't know what it is, but Russell Wilson has found that connection with him over the last, like I said, handful of weeks. And so he's been scoring pretty well. He's also scored over 15 fantasy points in five of those last seven games as well. Whoa, that was I was one game. Of. There was one game where he scored 14.6. So he was close to doing six out of seven as far as 15 or more fancy points in six of the seven games as well. So he's really been becoming a very favorite target for Russell Wilson over the last handful of weeks. Like I mentioned, they're facing a divisional foe in the Los Angeles Chargers this week who are very weak against passing offenses. They're allowing the second most passing yards in the NFL, and they're very weak as far as allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers as well. So like I said, this is a very susceptible passing offense that the Chargers are presenting. We obviously know that Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. We'll have to wait to see exactly what happens there. But I very much like Cortland Sutton in this divisional matchup to really continue his strong, strong performance over the last handful of weeks to continue it here this weekend. I think that's 100% a great pick, especially because, like you said, I think they're still carrying that stigma from earlier this season of like, yeah, oh, that exactly. – that, you know, Brock, I traded for, I traded back actually because I traded him away. I traded back for him for Javante Williams. And people are like, exactly. how are you doing? And now he's a workhorse. Like, it and, is. And props to you. This is your, the Tyler Algier 2.0, buddy. <laughs> you did it. I just, I am listening to you next year. I promise. But um, you're like the best, like, hindsight scout ever. Of like, yeah. you, you don't know what running back's going to be good. But the second that running back gets drafted to that certain team, you're like, that's the one. Yep. That's the you one. Know, it's, honestly, it's just a lot of it is situation. And just like I said, when I watch tape of Javante Williams, like, I mean, people on the podcast, watchers and listeners have known that I have just some sort of weird draft crush on, I mean, just, not even draft crush, but just like, you know, man crush on Javante Williams as far yeah, as just like yeah, how yeah, good he is. That. And it's just like, for the longest time, it was just like Denver was not using him. Obviously, he did suffer the injury last year, so that's why he didn't play with majority of last year. But I was just like, Sean Payton will finally use this guy. And then he did it. And then finally, when we had our trade for episode, as far as a mid-season trade to help you in the second half of the season. I brought Javante Williams. So I was like, finally, finally, Sean Payton figured out. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty good. We should give him the ball board. So I was just no, like, yeah. exactly. It just became a usage issue. Finally, it's happening in Denver, and people can see what I have always seen with Javante Williams. And it's like, it's finally happening, folks. It's finally happening. Finally. <laughs> but all right. So, no, real quick, two things, not fantasy-related. One, sure. with the Broncos, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Do you think Sean Payton's looking back like, can we just not have started over for like this? <laughs> there, I mean, if you think about it, the Seriously. Broncos would be having a complete, this complete season. The conversation would be completely different if they did not have a slow start. So you think Sean Payton's looking back, like, can we just have pulled out like just two of them? Seriously. Just two of One them. One or two wins. It would have changed so like, come much. Come on. Just like, yeah. Come on. Especially now it's like with the Chiefs faltering as well. Like this is like the perfect. No, that's why I mean. That's what like, got me thinking of this. That's what got me thinking of that. It's like Sean Payne's probably looking at the Chiefs like, come on. And They're the finally... Chargers are not living up to expectations. Oh, no, no, no. Obviously you got right, the Raiders so... being Raiders. So it's just like this would have been perfect. So that's for the Broncos. And of course, our CEO, Ryan Dyer, being a Broncos oh, fan, is just like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but. Yeah. So that's my that's the second thing I want to bring up is you think that Brandon Staley was sitting in the Chargers like coaches room or the locker room or whatever. And he got that ESPN alert the other week. First NFL coach fired. He was like, oh, my God, no. 
And then you saw it was Frank Reich. He was like, oh, really? Yeah. All right. Like, yeah, I, I swear to God, like, I bet you five bucks he, like, heard the news. Of, like, did you hear the guy who got fired? And he was like, oh, shit, did I get the pink slip? <laughs> like, I bet you Major? any, Major? like, that, what I would be, be a fly on the wall in those facilities. Hard knocks, forget Miami. Miami, the hard, I don't know if you've been watching it. It's actually been really entertaining. But, uh, by the way, they definitely did this on purpose, is they followed Jalen Phillips around for the whole episode right before he got hurt. Uh, they course, definitely course. did that on purpose. But anyway, yeah. Miami Dolphins have been pretty entertaining. I want Hard Knocks to go back to the Chargers this season because <laughs> that would be amazing. That's yeah. the stuff I want to see. But no, I was just imagining that just Brandon Staley being like, oh, God, it happened. Oh, it's Frank. Oh, okay. No, we're good. We're good. No. What's up, Justin? Like that's that's <laughs> how I imagine that going down. But exactly. exactly. Oh, man. But yeah, anyway. Portland Sutton, great start this weekend if you have a need to start a wide receiver there. So, Tad, why don't you give me a sit here at the wide receiver position here? Oh, I got I mean, you that is a good start. I got a good sit for you. Okay. If you're not here. The thing is, I, I you would be shocked because you're probably like, well, who hasn't benched him already? He's still being started almost half of ESPN leagues. All right. So I'm introducing a new acronym, and this is going to be a new acronym that I will actually carry forward. Uh, I mean, this season's almost at an end, but for next season, I'm bringing it back. You ready? B-U-F-N. B-U-F-N. Okay. Got nothing? What does that stand for? Benched until further notice. Oh, not bad. I like that one. Benched. B-U-F-N. Benched until further notice. I, real quick game. We'll spend 30 seconds on it. He is in the NFC South. What receiver am I talking about? Drake London. Nope. Adam Thielen. Nope. Boy, Adam Thielen. Are you insane? He Carolina Panthers have been struggling a little bit here. So I was yeah, like, I he's was... the only Panther that's been good. Well, Chuba Hubbard, but he's the most consistent <laughs> Panther fantasy player. Fair. Adam fair. Thielen. My lord. Um, uh, Michael Thomas. Nope. I know he's hurt, so I mean, it's automatic, you know, bench until for the uh, Yeah, but that's kind of a <laughs> No, you know why you can't think of him? Because he's been that irrelevant. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. No, he's a guy that is. I'm always Bay Buccaneers receivers. I mean, Mike Evans is finding a way to do it. But it's like, I, exactly. yeah, Chris Godwin, I was just I, like, I don't know how I feel about that one. Yeah. So, yeah, no, fair. and this, yep. this is crazy because his – uh, I almost started reading my DeAndre Swift notes. Uh, I was about to say his carries. And I'm like, wait, he carries the ball. He hasn't put up double digits since week eight. Oh yeah. That hurts. That hurts. That's terrible. And you one guess how many, so you know me, what's the one stat I value above all with, with receivers volume targets, targets. There we go. How many targets did he have last week? I want to say five. I am not kidding when I say this. He had zero targets last week. Yeah, I think that this, is insane. Buccaneers offense was very interesting last week because uh, I had Kate Auden as a start in our graphic, oh, and he had zero yo, targets. Did. Too. I actually remember that. Yeah, I almost, so just like, I yeah, almost gave you trouble for that, but I was like, let him enjoy his game. He put up the goose egg. So, yeah, that was not a good pick at all. <laughs> so, okay, even if he blows up this week, which, by the way, I don't think he will because how about this for another weird stat? Atlanta Falcons – a top five pass defense when it comes to fantasy. Not as surprising. They've had a pretty really? good defense. It's just I mean, they're good. Always they're good, but top five? Because, because really? of Arthur Smith. Because yeah, of but, Smith. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, you mustache billionaire. Well, I guess he shaved it, but anyway. Um, 
but really, you're not that surprised that they're top five. Because I knew they were good. I was top five, like, okay, yes. Top five is a little bit surprising. Yes. But them being a very good pass defense overall, that doesn't surprise me. No, it doesn't for me either. I was expecting like 11 or 12 while I was doing my research. And then I, I did figured it, top I was, 10. I figured 100% top oh, 10. Wow. But yeah, top five is a little bit surprising, yes. Okay, well, you're smarter than I am. So, uh, well, like we, well, we probably knew that already. But uh, see, I beat you to the joke before you could get there. I wasn't gonna do. I wasn't no, gonna yes, go there. Yes, you were. It's our first week back. I wasn't gonna go there this early. Come on. This early. Uh huh. Yeah. No. It's just close. Just closer Christmas to Christmas time. Christmas just closer time. to the. I'm gonna give you a pass. Yeah, on that one. Come on. Come on. All right. Well, I'm already sick of you. So anyway, point <laughs> being is, even if Chris Godwin by some miracle blows up against this. As we talked about, surprisingly good Atlanta Falcons defense, which I don't think he will, because again, we have almost eight weeks of evidence to the contrary. Okay, great. That's one good game. He has reached the point where I've lost all fantasy trust in Chris Godwin. Honest to God, if he was on my roster, I consider cutting him at this point. And you, you want to hear a great comparison? Is I compare him to Christian Watson who I traded for because I believed in his promise. I said, okay, he's, at, he's in a rough stretch. He's going to bounce back. And, you know, it's – he. Uh, granted, he may be in the middle of a bounce back. I don't think that's sustainable, but that's a whole other conversation. So I cut Christian Watson. It was a very tough decision. But I cut him from my roster because I was like, I, I need someone more productive right now. So even if Chris Godwin does begin to, be, uh, begin to become productive, I don't think that – I think it's a little too uh, – too little, too late. So, Chris Godwin, I'm saying, you know, B-U-N-F. Bench until B-U-F-N. Bench until further That's notice. It's an acronym. It's yeah. a new acronym. I'm getting used to it. Still, it's yours. You created it. I was really excited because <laughs> I thought it would be B-U-F, and I was going to make a Buffalo joke. Like, I'm not talking the Buffalo Bills. Then I realized I include the N, and I was like, damn it. Fair. Fair. Don't, don't um, start Chris Godwin. But yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I was very hesitant about Buccaneers receivers to heading into the season. Um, like I said, Mike Evans just finding a way to do it, even Baker Mayfield under center. And sometimes quarterbacks just have a instant connection with somebody and they just sort of deem everybody else sort of, you know, just inconsistent. They just don't look that direction as much. And so, yeah, I think in this case, just Chris Godwin has just not been benefiting from Baker Mayfield being under center. Whereas like Tom Brady, obviously like to spread the ball. And just like in this case, I think Baker Mayfield is very much going in on Mike Evans consistently. And so, yeah, unfortunately Chris Godwin has to suffer because of that. So we're just yeah. a couple of weeks away from our fancy awards of the year. And honestly, Chris Godwin very much in the running for most disappointing player of the year. Oh, I got a better one. But yeah, we'll save that for that episode for sure. But yeah, we'll get to that. So, all right, Ty, let's get to the tight end position here. Do you have a start or sit for me? So I have David Njoku, or as my autocorrect likes to say, David Nuku. Nuku. Nice. <laughs> so this is actually probably one of my best waiver wire pickups of the year. So I had Dallas Goddard, who went down about four, uh, no, I almost said four years ago, four weeks ago. Seems like four years. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like a little bit long time, but little bit of a reprieve for all those who do have Dallas He's Goddard. Back. He is coming back this week. He is trending towards playing this week against the Cowboys. And like I said, it's a very critical matchup for both teams. Eagles could definitely use him. All right. Well, maybe you may disagree with me here, but even with him being back, he's still on my bench. I'm sorry, David Nuku. I'm starting David Nuku. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's a little bit risky, especially coming up fresh he's off the injury. Sure. Like I said, it's just, you're not sure how it's going to go. Whether they use him a lot or but, what, it, what it is. Yeah. 
on top of that, you're looking at – and trust me, he was one of the people I was the most angry with last uh, week because he is coming off four straight games of eight-plus points. Ever since – it's kind of weird. When Deshaun Watson's in, he does a lot worse. When Deshaun Watson's out, he's been exploding. Ever since Deshaun Watson's been out, like I said, eight-plus points, ten-plus points in one of those games, which – doesn't sound great, but when it comes to tight ends, that is an extraordinary amount of consistency that does not usually come from that position. And the reason I put him as a start is because he only scored 2.7 against the Chargers last week. But I really think that he is going to bounce back here for two reasons. One, it's not like he wasn't targeted. Joe Flacco threw it at him six times. Two, that mother effer Harrison Bryant vultured a touchdown from him. I was so angry. I was cursing on my TV when I saw that. You, mm. So Flacco, which by the way, I'm so happy we got to see Joe Flacco. Who looked pretty good, actually. He looked pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the highlights. But I think that, you know, Njoku is still going to see a fairly good – I think his production may dip a bit, but he is the most consistent weapon on that offense right now, especially with Amari Cooper dealing with everything, I guess. Like that dude seems like he's just hurting everywhere and I don't blame him because they are just driving him into the ground. But I think that David Njoku will have a more productive week than he did last, uh, last week. So I think Njoku is a pretty safe bet to start this week. If you just exactly that, if you're just like, I don't want to worry about tight end. Can you just get seven or eight points? Just like, make sure you don't screw me here. I think Njoku, and that's exactly my game plan heading into this weekend because he's still on my roster. That's why I'm saying uh, starting David Noku. <laughs> no, I think and the two key words that I want to bring up with everything that you said, Joe Flacco. Like, I mean, even back Love during it. his days at so uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, like he notoriously liked to throw to the tight ends. Like, I mean, he's he the one that started con- Mark Andrews' career. Exactly. Mark Andrews started his career. You obviously have to remember Dennis Pitta was fantasy relevant. Oh, him. that's a good one. Ed and, Dixon. of course, you have to go back to t- Ed Dixon had a very brief, you know, uh, flare up with the, you know, as far as being fancy relevant. Is Todd, uh, is Todd, Todd too Heath too early for that? I was actually just about to bring him. He was, he was at the very, you know, I think it was a tail end of his career when Joe Flacco was starting. But just like, yeah, fantasy tight ends were very relevant when Joe Flacco was starting. And so it's like 100% here could uh, – uh, just going over now to Cleveland, David Njoku hell holds a lot of value with Joe Flacco under center. He is going to be starting this weekend as well. So yeah, maybe he's not going to blow up for you, but very much he could be a very dependable, dependable. like six to eight yep. op- point option for you. If he scores a touchdown, he'll definitely cross that double digits for sure too. So yeah, I very much like this as a start, especially if you need to find a tight end this week to start, especially like, you know, if you're questionable on Goddard, a few other tight ends like we talked about. So yeah. Very good here. I'm going to go with the sit, and this is Evan Ingram tied up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Has he caught a touchdown yet? That's the funny thing. Last week, he caught his very first touchdown. And this is why I have him as a sit, because you also have to look at the fact that Trevor Lawrence is dealing with an injury. He is currently listed as a game-time decision. We don't know whether he's going to play or what. Right before we – sorry to interrupt you again. But right before we started recording, I just saw a tweet that C.J. Beathard was told – to start prepping as if he will start exactly. on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. So if CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard, still in the league. Former Niner CJ Beathard. Yeah. I'll take that. So, but CJ Beathard is obviously a drop off in talent compared to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I'm just a little bit more worried about this offense overall. Um, Ingram is, like like we talked about, Ted, he scored his first touchdown of the season last week. He had his best game of the season by, by far. Um, he went over 15 fantasy points, and that was just the second time all season long 
that he went over 15 fantasy points. I mean, overall, the season has been a little bit of a wash. Or Evan Ingram, you could count that to just the overall offense struggling a little bit this year. As We thought it'd sort of take the next step forward after last season. Uh, Calvin Ridley coming into the offense, maybe that That's played a factor That's as well. I think that right could be there. a big thing. But I think the big thing too, Tad, is that they're playing the Killian Browns that we just talked about. And they still have a very good defense. And if Joe Flacco can continue to play that he played last week, then I think this Browns defense, uh, this Browns team overall, excuse me, can still be very much in that conversation to grab a playoff spot, maybe even play for that NFC, uh, sorry, the AFC North uh, title crowd there. Uh, But the Browns are allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends right now. And overall, they're one of the top passing defenses in the league. They're allowing the fewest passing yards in the NFL. And here's the big one lowest completion percentage so people are not even completing the ball against this defense this past defense specifically so yeah with that case like i mean just i think you just had to count last week for evan ingram as a little bit of a fluke even if trevor lords plays i still just don't like this play against a very stingy pass defense that the cleveland browns have so evan ingram go with another option this week if you can avoid it for sure all right so let's close this out, Tad. We're running up to the hour. I mean, we're, we're pretty close on time here, but we definitely yeah. want to get to our kickers and defenses. We definitely need to give some advice there. So give me both positions. Do you got starts or do you got sits for me here at the kicker and defense position? Okay, so I double-checked these stats with my kicker because I All was right. like, wait, 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 hold on. Like, he is he coming off bye week? And I'm like, no, I remember watching him play last weekend. Uh, Jason Sanders is an absolute start. And now you may go like, yeah, no shit, the Miami kicker is a start. But here's the crazy thing. He's only being started in 36% of ESPN leagues. Interesting. Okay. I, okay. I I would love to know the reasoning behind that. Maybe because he's missed a few the last couple of weeks. I guess maybe that's that why. That must be the case, yeah. Uh, but, again, another thing I thought was, like, maybe he's coming off a Dow week. But, uh, no, he's scored double digits the last three weeks straight. So 30% uh, – also weird. It's almost identical. He's, uh, he's starting in 30 – uh, 6% of leagues. He's available in about 64-ish. I Again, that math kind of gets jumbled with me, but he's available in a lot of leagues as well. So I think Jason Sanders against the Tennessee Titans, who are the 31st ranked team against fantasy kickers this, uh, this year, that's a very, very good start. One that I'm actually considering adding to my roster. Oh, no, wait. My friend added him already, so I, I'm so, <laughs> I am so angry about that. I, just, I made that discovery way too late so jason sanders if you can get him 100 start him i love that as a start as for a bench uh i mean we kind of already touched on this game you bench that chargers defense against the broncos don't you do it we already talked about like how people are still kind of believing the sigma oh the broncos had a bad start that broncos offense is legit the uh broncos have dropped the last three of the four defenses they face to below five points on the flip side of that the last four weeks the Chargers have scored less than five points three times. So you have a struggling defense against a thriving offense. You stay the hell away from that, especially, Amir, you love to say this. What happens in divisional matchups? It's hard to say. You Nobody knows. Yes. No one knows. <laughs> throw everything so you, out the window. You never know yeah. how these games so are going to So you look go. at that, I, if you're a casual fan, you're like, oh, Chargers against the Broncos. Broncos are pretty bad. No, they're not. Stay away from the Chargers defense. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Ted. So you're talking about a defense that you're not starting this week. I'm going to give you a defense that you should start this week, and I'm going to go with the Houston Texans versus you the New York Jets. How so dare the you. Jets have. Here's the crazy thing. The Jets have the third fewest total yards in the NFL and are one of four teams to score less than 200 po- total points this season. 
Quick quiz here for you, Tad. Oh, Do you think God. you can name the other three teams that have scored less than 200 points? You're doing this to me at 11 p.m. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. Close it's out the episode. Good. on Okay. Here. All right. Less know. than 200 points? Less than 200 total points on offense, yes. So four teams total. So the Jets are one of them. The Jets are one of them, yes. All right. Well, the Patriots are obviously one of them. That is correct, and that also includes the game that they just played. They are still under 200 points. Yeah, they Isn't only that scored, crazy? like, what, 16 points last game? <laughs> they scored 21. Bailey Zappi had three touchdowns. Mm. Yeah, all it took for Juju to be good was having four receivers and a running back to go down. Exactly, exactly. But, yes, the Patriots are one of them, correct? Oh, God. All right, so I need two more, right? Yes. Oh, God, the fucking Panthers. Correct. That is the other one. I don't know why I had that. I don't know why I put that word there, but whatever. Um, <laughs> well, they have been pretty bad. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Missing them would have been pretty bad. <laughs> oh, see, this is tough because they've actually been decent since they got back. All right. So, to fill dead air here, I'm, I'm trying to decide between three teams, which ironically are in all in the NFC, which shows okay. you how horrible that conference is. It is either the Cardinals. Okay. I don't see. I don't think I'm gonna pick them because it doesn't feel right. Because they've had a couple good weeks. The Buccaneers. Okay. The Giants, but the Giants had that a couple blow up games where their offense looked surprisingly good. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals because they really struggled there for a bit. Those are good options. Those are good options, but. You were close. So you did have the three teams like in contention. Those all made a lot of sense, but it is the Giants. That is oh, the other team. So you were close. DeVito! Yeah. DeVito. You also have to attribute the fact that they got shut out in the very first week of the season. They've had a lot of just low scoring games overall. So the Giants is the other team. But not bad. You got two out of three on that one. I'll so take two good. out of three. But Houston is very much in contention of the AFC South crowd. Like we talked about, the Jaguars are sort of faltering here. The Colts are in contention. The, ja- yeah, the Jaguars yeah. are in contention still. The Texans are in contention with the streak that they've been on. And surprisingly, the Titans are also in contention. So that AFC oh. South is going to go down to the very last week of the season, I think, as far as who's going to win it. And so because of that, the Texans. If they could win this game, they could sort of vault themselves into being in contention to take the lead in the AFC South. It's a very big game. The Texans have scored seven or more fantasy points in four of their last six games. And like I said, this Jets offense, they're going back to Zach Wilson. That's the other point I forgot to bring up. So I don't know how much better that the offense are is they, going to get Are they? Zach has Wilson. he quit yet? That poor kid. I feel so we'll so see exactly how it's going to play out. But I very much like the Texans to be a very good start this week against the New York Jets. And as far as the sit... He's surprisingly been a very good kicker. I thought he was going to be a bad kicker heading into the season, but he's been very good for the Eagles. But I think he's mm. actually going to be a sit this week. Jake this Elliott set. versus the this Dallas Cowboys. Set. Last time the Eagles and the Cowboys played back in week nine, Elliott scored a total of four fantasy points. No field goals. They were all extra points. The, uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys combined for seven touchdowns in that game. All the extra points were kicked by uh, Jake Elliott, obviously, and there's only one field goal in that game made by Brandon Aubrey. Like I said, it's a very crucial game. I think both offenses are going to be going back and forth. We may see one field goal for Jake Elliott, but overall, I just don't like him as a fantasy option this week. So I think if you go in another direction, that's probably going to be better. But sit Jake Elliott, who has normally been a good starter for you this season. I'll like to start this week for sure. Two things about this, because it finally came back to my memory. But um, 
One, yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that set because as someone who who's weirdly, my kicker has played the Cowboys like three times this year and they've all been different kickers. Uh, they've they, okay. fancy wise, they've massacred every single one. I know I talked about the Cowboys being running back killers. They're also fancy kicker killers. So I don't care how good your kicker is. Also, I finally just remember what led to the mix up between Jake Elliott or uh, the, the 49ers and the Bills game. Is they were both terrible weather games. I just remember being like, how could Jake Elliott kick in that weather? And I said that with both games. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, so guys, he's good, but not good enough to beat the Cowboys. Yeah. They are playing in Dallas. So, I mean, he does have the weather control there, obviously, with the yeah. Dome Stadium. But just still, I don't like this matchup at all. Don't it's going it. to be very offensive heavy. So, I don't think it's going to be a lot Sanders. of Jason Sanders. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right, Chad. So, those are our Week 14 NFL start and sit picks for this week. But guys, like I said, it's a very critical week. It is the probably the last regular season week for your fantasy football leagues. So, I mean, guys, if we didn't get to a decision that you need help with, hit us up on our social media handles. You got them down below. You got me on Twitter. I'm the side 23. You got Tad at Tad the side 94. Got the show handle at the decide guys. And of course on Instagram at the decide guys as well. So please interact with us. Please hit us up. We are here to help you possibly clinch a playoff spot in your fantasy fantasy leagues and i think like i said we say this every episode avoid those fantasy punishments because yeah this could be a very critical week for that as well just ask dad because he's very I'm much nervous. in that situation so right nervous. now this is gonna be but guys please hit us up if you need the help if we didn't cover something in the episode that you wanted us to cover we're here to help you out with that but i think the other way is just like i think we should be good for the next couple weeks as far as recording so i mean make sure you're subscribing though wherever you listen to your podcast because i mean we may have weeks like this where it's like especially like tad said with christmas coming up we may not record that week so i mean guys subscribe that's why you're always up to date with our podcast uh wherever you listen to your podcast google podcast spotify uh apple bot podcast uh you can listen right on the lap network website as well hit that subscribe button always be up to date with the podcast watching us on youtube make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel as well and please make sure you're supporting our parent network at lap network they're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the chargers and the rams at the professional level and the uh, bruins and the trojans at the college level so yeah a lot of great la football content coming from lap network without them there would be no us and so make sure you're supporting them too but guys, we appreciate everybody who's been supporting us, even with these couple weeks that we've been sort of on and off, on and off. And so everybody who's sort of stuck with us, but just overall, whoever's, you know, listening to the podcast, who's watching the uh, videos, who's interacting with us on social media. I mean, just anything and everything that you're doing supporting us, guys. We really can't thank you enough. And as always, everyone, please stay safe. Stay safe.